Welcome into another bonus episode of Boys Don't Lie, the podcast. I am here, joined by a very special guest. I'm a unicorn. The man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Samar Sanchez himself. Yes, sir. Here for another edition, the fourth installment of our top ten series on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, sir. Um, I had today, to make it for the DBs. Yeah, the DBs is, is special. So we're going to do corners today, and then me, me and Sam are also going to do safeties together. That's going to come out in a day or two as well. So it'll be two separate episodes, but Sam's here for both of them. Yes, sir. Today we're doing corners. Uh, before we get into the action today, a uh, quick shout-out, obviously, to all the fans, everybody that's listening at home. We appreciate you guys. Oh, yeah. show doesn't go on without y'all, so thank no, you. Thank no. you guys again. Um, also, big shout-out to Anchor as well. One-stop shop for podcasts, man. A click of a button, and you're out on four or five apps. Anything you could ever dream of, man, if you want to get into podcasting, Anchor is the easiest way to do it. You could do it all from your phone, set up your account, start recording, post it from your phone, the whole thing, you can earn money and sponsorships with no minimum listenership. It is the real deal. So make sure y'all tap in with Anchor. Yeah. Make sure y'all tap in with us. Tap and let's in. get straight to the business. So I'm going to do two honorable mentions real quick. You're going to start from the bottom. Yeah. We're going to go 10 to 1 just like usual. I'll start with honorable mentions and then we'll Damn. go through 10 to 1 together. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So... Uh, it was kind of tough to do this list, obviously, because you have slot corners. You also have your outside corners, which outside corners are the ones that get talked about the most. But being a top slot corner in this game is very, very impressive and it's should be talked about more there as you well. Go. Yeah, It's a so, rarity. So my two honorable mm. mentions are slot corners. Like I said, as much as you want to try to show those guys love, uh, it's not often. Usually the guys on the outside are the ones that are guarding your best receivers game in, game out. So my two honorable mentions today are going to be Jonathan Jones of the New England Patriots, obviously. Yes, sir. And uh, Kenny Moore of the Indianapolis Colts. So when it comes to Jonathan Jones, the reason why I think he falls on this list for me and why he has to be mentioned, at least in the top ten conversation, is he's paired up with Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. So those two guys run the outside. He's been outside corner for a majority of his career. They said, hey, we like these two guys on the outside. I think they, you know, Bill Belichick, I think these two guys play better on the outside. We still want you here. We're going to move you to this slot. He's excelled in the role. In terms of slot corners, he's definitely top five. Oh, and yeah. You could definitely argue top three slot corner. In the no league. cap. He is, Even when he was in Houston, he had outside more. But he puts put in a little bit. And he even... I mean, I'm not going to necessarily say it was a linebacker, but at nickel, just kind of like that fusion linebacker corner. Yeah, he played that a couple, and he did pretty damn well. So, And that's the thing that I feel like we had to talk about him is just because that's not – he wasn't a slot corner coming oh, out no. of college. He didn't play it in Houston. He's long. Yeah, exactly. He's it's very, very rare to see a guy of his stature dominate the slot as well as he has, and he's done a great job yeah. at it. So also for Kenny Moore – Fits more of the stature of your slot corner. More 5'10", 5'9", guys. Speedy. Speedy guys that that know how to dominate the slot. Kenny Moore does it with the best of them. Mm -hmm. Um, He's really hands-on. Yeah, So I think that's what the, like, uh, not to mention his his footwork, but he's really hands-on. If you're watching, he's never really any penalty troubles, but he's definitely knowing where to put and react to the ball he's yeah i, I feel like his it's his instincts when reading yeah. a receiver's body is what makes Kenny definitely Moore so dangerous definitely 
is the eyes for me. So Kenny Moore's definitely got to be on this list, like I said. So those are our two honorable mentions. We got one more slot corner that did make the top ten here. Oh, yeah. He made the ten spot. He honestly probably should be a little bit higher because this guy can do it all. But it's just hard. It is. It's very like, hard because, like I said. When you the rest of the list, you're going to understand why. Because when, when I look at the top nine guys, I'm like, these are the guys that I want against Devontae Adams week in, week out. Yeah. Like, Bryce Callahan could hold his own. Spoiler alert. There's your number ten. Bryce Callahan of the Denver Broncos. Yes, sir. Um, is a majority of slot corner. Last year, he actually played more snaps on the outside than he did in the slot. But they were also very uh, injured. With their injury issues that they had, and so, now bringing in Patrick Sertain to the fold. Yeah. They, they, they lost Chris Harrison to keep to leave a couple years ago. Yeah. So they had a lot of turnover room in the corner room. Uh, so Bryce Callahan's been like the util, the Swiss Army knife guy that's oh, yeah. done it all. There's the reason he's the best slot corner in the game is because I truly believe he is the best slot corner in the game. The reason that he had to be at 10 and why he beats out those other guys is because he's still probably a top 20 corner when lined up on the outside. Yeah. He, he's a very – which, again, he's 5'9", 5'10". He's not a huge guy, but he plays a lot bigger than he is. For sure. And he can hold his own against a majority of the top receivers. And another thing that people are going to try – I already know. They're going to try and debate. He has wheels, but he knows how to – Definitely, like I said before, react to the ball. A lot of his uh, his uh, instinctive reactions to plays is like second to none. Like he definitely has a different approach to being at where he's at. Like in, in that, like like you already said, like you mentioned his height. Like you're going against six two, six three receivers in and out. They got twenty five, thirty pounds on you, and he's still mm-hmm. able to you know peanut punch, smack off, or react to the ball faster yep. than half of these, you know, receivers with five, six inches longer in arms. And it's true. It's crazy. Yeah, it's tough to be – to play that position. I honestly do think that corner is probably the hardest position in football to play. Oh, yeah. It's a little bit of a hot take. It's out there. But, like, I just – when I look at how talented receivers are today, when I look at a guy like Devontae Adams, a guy like, a guy like Julio Jones – you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy. Like, there is a lot of talent in the receiver room today. And when you're in man coverage, especially when you go into man coverage, you're asking these guys to, to backpedal, to drop back, and I need you to take this guy that's an elite route runner. Take Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, Jerry Judy. And I need you to, as good as they are with their feet, I need you to read it and not let them catch the ball. Yeah. It's an impossible task to yeah. try to do. Oh, by the way, you're going to be doing that for like 70% of the game. Yeah. That's fucking insane. Not to mention, if you get burned, I might cut you. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By like, the way, if you get burned yeah. one time, you can clamp him for 99 plays straight. Yeah. You get toasted for one TD, that's the only thing you're seeing on SportsCenter. Yeah. Have fun. Literally. Yeah. It's, it's so bogus. Not it, to mention the fact that you are already at a deficit with – trying to be relevant because like it's not like a running back or a quarterback or receiver position that it's like oh well it's general it's generally like this or at this percentage it's going to be like this and they're doing this amongst this this kind of rate like nah like bro it's a individual task every snap so as much as you work at your like you know defense as a unit it's you got to do your part before anybody or anything else so everything else can go the way it's schematic. That's that's the done. thing that that makes good defenses elite, yeah. and the thing that separates 
And the thing that's so hard about having a good defense is you got to have the best pass rush of all time. Like, I could have a 3-4 rush of, like, Aaron Donald, Bruce Smith, Reggie White, and then an outside linebacker could throw Derek Thomas. There's, like, four of the best ten pass rushes of all time. Literally. It literally doesn't matter because if I have you and me lining up at corner, you may be able to hold your own decently. I'm getting toasted. It doesn't matter. Like, I... (laughs) You could throw you could throw Nikhil Harry out there. I'm getting worked. Jesus. All right. So fuck that guy. So you have to you can have that good of a pass rush. <laughs> it, if we can't hold those guys for at least four to five seconds, it doesn't matter. So the yeah. corners it's it does start there because and now it goes other ways. You look at a team like the Ravens, they have the best corner duo in the game, in my opinion, which we'll talk about both of those guys coming yeah. up. If they don't have a pass rush and get back, like corners can only hold up for so long. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah. we talked about how hard of a job it is for these guys. Like, if you can hold a receiver, like if I can, if Marlon Humphrey can go out and hold Devonte Adams, and not let him open for five seconds, that's extremely impressive. But if you don't put pressure on Aaron Rodgers in that time frame, Devonte Adams will eventually get past you. Like and it's going, yeah, to happen. it's going to happen for yeah. sure. So <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's it's a good tough. Point. That is a good point. So. So this guy, the next guy on our list, the guy in my number nine spot, I think has benefited a lot from he's flown extremely under the radar. Mm-hmm. I think he's extremely underrated. I would agree. Um he he has a very good pass rush in Cleveland. I think that's helped him out a lot over the years now. He's true. finally stepping into his own. He's put up elite numbers, but I just I feel like the media just doesn't talk about it. that's another thing about corners talking. It's a thankless job. Yep. A lot of the things that make you a good corner in the league don't show up on a stat sheet. Mm-mm. Passes defended and interceptions look nice. Pass but deflections. Like, Jalen Ramsey, who, by, spoiler, he's on this list somewhere. I'm not going to tell you where, but he's on here somewhere. This is valid. Like, Jalen Ramsey's had, like, three picks in the last two years, I think. Mm-hmm. And Xavier Howard had ten last year, nine last year. And you're like, so if you're looking just at that, Xavier Howard's better than Jalen Ramsey. That's not how this works. At all. Because if, if you're playing the corner spot, and you're that good, they're not going to throw the ball your way. That's At why Jalen Ramsey doesn't have interceptions. They just know. Because they're like, hey, well, now it's number five. I was like, hey, you see number 20 over there. We're throwing to the right side of the field. He's on the left side. We're throwing over here. Yeah. I mean, it's You see now. the left hash? You're not allowed to throw the ball past that side. Yeah. We're, we're staying over here. They just know what he's about. Yeah. You know, he's and there's there's a couple corners that are like that in today's game. But it's so. hard, though. Like, that's what makes – which we'll obviously get into, but that's what it separates. Okay. Anyways, that's what the difference between, like, or which we'll get into later, but between, like, the outside, inside, you know, slot versus outside, or just being an elite corner in the game. Like, you just know for a fact, you go out there, especially Jalen Ramsey, like, being able to be as boisterous as he is and, like, you know, I know what I am. I know I'm, the, you know, the, the head honcho in this position for a reason. You know, with that being said, it's either two things are going to happen. One, you just mentally already psyching people out. So they're like, fuck it. We just know we're not doing it. We're not going over on that side of the field at all. Or you're going to overly target you and you're going to have to just do what you do best and then prove to them why. Yeah, it is what it is. But um, I think that was a solid pick at number nine. Yeah, I got Denzel Ward at nine in Cleveland. Like I said, he's flown under the radar. He definitely has the makings of an elite corner in the game. He's long, bro. He's such a – like, the archetype for him is, like – he's, like, perfect. There's there's a lot of guys on this list that just don't – and we'll talk about it in the safeties, too. There's a couple guys that, like – that have to be in the conversation. You never see any flashy plays. I don't see any 70-yard returns from from Denzel Ward for a touchdown. 
But he does the job and he does it well. Very, very and like well. I said, him paired with a pass rush. And like in the like division that he's in as well, like it's tough. Yeah, bro. because the, the AFC North doesn't really have like a top 10 receiver in the game. But the AFC North has like just no matter where you line up, there is talent. There. A bunch of athletes. Yeah, bro. it's not like because Pittsburgh has Juju Smith Schuster, yep. Chase Claypool, Deontay yep. Johnson, James Washington. Mm-hmm. So like you're matched up against a favorable receiver at all four spots. You can left, right, slot, left yeah, slot. Side, doesn't yeah, matter. it doesn't matter. Baltimore has Hollywood Brown. You have your speed factor. Sammy Watkins is going to be a threat over the middle. Rashad Bateman is is capable of surprises. And then you got that six six Megatron dude. Yeah, number 89. That's true. You know, Tight ends are definitely like. If you want to step into the box bro. and take on Mark Andrews, that's yeah. definitely a mismatch. That's what I'm saying. Like, well. it's, it's something that I've seen a lot, especially in that division. Like, tight ends are so much, so much unrecognized. They're at, very prevalent in the AFC. But North. they are super important, especially, like I said, in that division. So it's like, don't don't discredit them. They're definitely there, and they're definitely getting active. Moss and motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you look at – I mean, you look at – never mind. I don't want to go off too much of a tangent. No. I was going to start talking about tight ends in my division because I do love the position. No, valid. Like, so um, – but we're going to stay in the division, obviously, to yeah. talk about number number eight on the list. I want to put Marcus Peters at eight. Um, now, a lot of people may think it's high. I think Pro Football Focus had him at 11, I want to say. Yeah. The thing about Marcus Peters, break it down, and the reason that I have him a little bit higher on my list than anybody else does, is I think when given safety help, I honestly think that Marcus Peters is a top five corner in today's game. Like, which I know is a big what if. Like, yeah. But if I have a safety that I know is going to cover my, you know, cover my ass, and I could get up in the line and I could press, and if I lose three steps, I'm not worried about it because I've got a safety behind me. Marcus Peters has to be in the top five. I think people like, like have such a disgruntling about him because he's like, I've heard it to be like overly aggressive. Yeah, like, how are you overly aggressive but you're slow? I don't like. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't agree. I don't think he's slow. Mm-hmm. I just think he doesn't have like explosiveness. Yeah, he's very like long distance fast. Like he's gonna be able to run the whole field down and back a couple times, as opposed to like a, a Tyreek Hill who, as soon as I'm cutting this slant, bro, I'm gone. Like mm-hmm. I don't care for on the one yard line. It's it's up. Like yeah. I'm gonna get 16 yards in front of you, and you're not gonna catch me. Yeah, like that's what people try to draw the speed factor, and that's mm-hmm. that's incorrect, especially defensively, because I mean you, you got to think one, you're not running forward. You have to be able to be schematically and disciplinedly sound. And you're, to be able to you're like, a step behind the receiver at all times. Yeah, yeah. Like You don't know what route the receiver's running. At you all. don't know you what double move he's going to pull out. You have to just – it's a Get your hips and swing them open. It's a read and or react swing system. Swing them out wherever and you're going. When it comes to being physical at the line of scrimmage – now there's a lot. Of, there's He's a lot second of Kansas, to nine. Yeah, there's a lot of Kansas City fans that loved him when he was in KC. I do have a couple buddies that hated him because like he gets burnt all the time. I'm like, yeah, but he also I yeah, don't know if anybody knows no this. Safety. Since Marcus Peters exactly, I mean, since Marcus Peters has entered the league, he has nine more interceptions than any other corner in the entire league, and that's through KC when he was in the in LA with the Rams for a while. And now in Baltimore, he has yep. nine more interceptions than any active corner in that time frame, which is nine is how many Xavier Howard had this year when everyone freaked out about how good he was. Yeah. So Marcus Peters knows how to make plays. Yeah. He has elite 
ball hawking skills at the corner spot. And when it comes to jamming people at the line of scrimmage, he is near second to none. Yeah. He is extremely good. And like I said, Baltimore had a lot of issues last year with their safeties. Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott really wasn't playing on the same playing field a lot of the time. I think those guys get a lot of things figured out. I think Marcus Peters has another well, great now, year. Who? It's about oh, Deshaun Elliott and Chuck yeah. Clark. They're still both there. With they traded away um I'm trying to remember who it was. I know who you're, I know what you're thinking of though. Cause there was originally Yeah, that's why Baltimore re signed I think it may have been Eric Weddle. Was it the Eric Weddle move? Because I remember we re signed Chuck Clark to a three year thirty six million dollar deal. And I was like, that's kind of a lot. And then we ended up moving our starter and I was like, Okay, so Chuck Clark's starting. So it was their first year starting last year, I think, to get it together. And like I said, with safety help, Marcus Peters is a dangerous, dangerous man to have on your football team. So, um, after Marcus Peters at the eight spot, so we have uh, Bryce Callahan at 10, Denzel Ward at 9, Marcus Peters at 8. Going forward, this may be a little low for some people. You may not want to hear this name this early, but I'm going to put him here. And we're going to explain why. Yeah. First of all, you go, here it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to tell you why, but I have Xavier Howard down at my seventh spot. Now, a lot of people have bumped him into the top oh, five. Yeah, yeah tripping. There's trip, some man. people that put him into four. Like, I, I don't really have any issue with it. The thing that I have about Xavier Howard that my bias against him starts is I feel like we didn't hear the name at all. Like, he was in a top 15 conversation. Yeah. He had nine picks, ten picks, whatever it was this mm-hmm. year. Like, he's top five. Interceptions mean nothing, nothing. to how good you are of a corner. Yeah. Like, it – because if you it's go like back, cherry on top. I'm going to go back and watch these 10 picks he had this year. There was three of them that a linebacker swatted up in the air and that he dove underneath. Yeah. Like, which is, I'm not trying to take away from anything that he's doing, but. That doesn't separate you in the corner. Debate. It doesn't move you yeah. up 10 spots. No. You know, so. Uh, it's so much more to the, to the position and being skilled at the position than just getting the pick. A lot of people don't realize as well. In that defense, first of all, I'm not discrediting anything, especially from the Dolphins franchise, because their mm-hmm. secondaries came about in the last three seasons. They've made some ex- excellent moves defensively to make the defensive secondary as good as it is. But with that being said, bro, if you go back and look at all 10 of those picks, bro, like, like, like you had already said, a lot of them were tips, but not even just that. A lot of those balls were just... He had the advantage. You you were damn near supposed to catch the ball. If yeah, exactly. If you not have picked it, that would have been your ass. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, we're not taking nothing away, but then you got to look at the other aspect of him not making, you know, interceptions. And a yeah. lot of those were just getting cooked up at the line, scrimmage, and a lot of them were also not being able to execute the right steps or the right i guess positioning to be able to defend that play a lot of the times more often than not i should say yeah i think that's what we looked at the most in looking at film because we watched a lot of like game film over this stuff watched a lot of like i guess i mean how would you explain that the pro focus the pro the the pro football football focus focus grades obviously their list does come into it at the end of the day because it kind of gives you a basis of the grading system that they use and everything it's not word for word verbatim obviously what they is because that's boring i'm not going to sit here and read you their list but like don't get me wrong xavier howard is a playmaker like 
Since He's enter- a baller. Since entering the league in 2016, about 19% of his targets in coverage have resulted in a pass breakup or interception, which leads all cornerbacks who have been targeted at least 150 times over those five years. He is a playmaker. Don't get me wrong. But like out. I said, like I said, I think – I think a lot of teams threw at him because they didn't really respect how good he was. Yeah. That's what allowed him to step he was into it. it. Yeah, I think they yeah. just thought it was like, all right, these numbers is faulty. Let's just put him to the test. And he was yeah. like, all right, bet. So I probably do have him a little bit low, but uh, he, he probably should be over at least the guy that I have ahead of him. But, you know, like I said, I, I just mean, I think he probably has a down step. This is the list for 2021 Yeah, for going forward now. This is true. I think. Nah, I mean, that's not a lot of experience, though. That's like, what, just four and a half? Well, I, he mean, had, well, I guess. He had four years yeah. where he was good, and then this breakout year last year yeah, where so he was, was really like, good. I don't know. I'm not no hater. Yeah, we, I we appreciate no. We appreciate no wealth. Yeah. So, sixth spot on my list, another guy that had a really, really good 2020 campaign that broke out on the scene this year. I'm putting James Bradbury of the New York Giants up here. Yes, sir. Um, that boy is something special, ain't he? So, so this is the thing when it comes to, to Bradbury. He played in Carolina mm-hmm. for the first three, three or four, four years, four yeah. seasons of his career. So when you look at Carolina in the last four years, I'm lining up against Mike Evans. I'm lining up against Chris Godwin. That's one team. Mm-hmm. I'm lining up against Michael Thomas and Drew Brees twice a year. And then I'm lining up against Julio. And and he was in the conversation for the top 30, top 20 corners at the time. But obviously, that's a tough slate. Yeah. You got to look at six of my games. Yeah. I'm matching up against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I'm lining up against Michael Thomas. Or I'm lining up against Julio and Calvin Ridley. That's a tough slate of six games yeah. that you got to go to. Moves into the NFC East, goes to the Giants uh, about a year. I think it was a year ago. Now, he had the most – it was uh, pro football focuses, war grade, the wins over replacement. He was the most valuable corner this last year. Um, He steps into another division, leaving those guys. Now he's matching up against Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup twice a year. He has to line up against Scary Terry McLaurin twice a year. And then now Philly – Philly doesn't have the greatest receivers in the world. But, but now Devonta Smith has entered the building, and they always had to worry about Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz getting loose over the middle as well. So still not not a lot of easy matchups when it comes to the NFC Definitely East either. Yeah. I think his competition level downgraded a little bit, and we were really able to see how good this guy was. It's just you saw – I mean, I just named those six – those you're looking at five receivers that he played on those yeah. three teams in those divisions – and all of those guys are in the top twenty conversation when it comes to wide receivers. So that is that's a tough slicks a tough six games to slate for any top corner. Um, I think the one thing that really stood out to me this year for Bradbury, where I watched him, and and a lot of people were talking about him, and I was like, let me watch, let me sit down and watch a full game. I'm gonna stare at this man. I'm gonna. We're talking scout film. What do you do on run plays? What do you do on pass plays when you're not thrown to? I want to see what this guy does. Literally. So I decided. I mean, that was that was probably week three or week four. So I went back and watched their the Giants and the Bears week two matchup. That was, good, that was yeah. So he's was, matching up. He's on an island against Allen Robinson, who is yeah. one of the best. And that's the thing about Allen Robinson. He's what makes him so good, good is that it does not matter how good you have him covered. If the ball is in his catch radius, he's probably coming down with it. Yeah, he's such a good possession. His contested catch rate is absolutely insane. He's ridiculous. He's strong as hell. Yeah. Like, um. In that game, Bradbury, when matched up against Allen Robinson, was targeted six times. He allowed one catch-up with three pass breakups and an interception. 
So the ball got thrown his way six times when Allen Robinson was on him. He broke it up three times himself, had one pick, and allowed one catch. He's different. That is, against Allen Robinson, is extremely, extremely impressive. Because, like I said, if the ball is catchable, Allen Robinson's got like an 80% chance of coming down with it. So Bradbury's going to round out the sixth spot on our list. The five spot. Here we go, top five. Top five, top five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> five on my list. A guy that kind of had a down year this last year. Uh, his team had a great year overall. But individually speaking, individually, um, he did have a. I mean, he is another guy that like Xavier Howard. He's a playmaker. Like this guy breaks up passes. Yeah. Whether he's coming down with them or they're the ball's just hitting the turf. Tre'Davious White of the Buffalo Bills. Um, another guy that had over seventeen percent of his of his targets in coverage resulted in either a a breakup or an interception over his career. Um, the thing that why I had to put Tre'Davious White over Xavier Howard and I put him over James Bradbury is his instincts when in zone coverage are absolutely ridiculous. He's insane. He ranks in the ninety fourth percentile of all corners on zone coverage plays in the twenty twenty season. So the thing about Tre'Davious White that makes him so good is that it doesn't matter what coverage it is. Like Marcus Peters yeah. is good because if he gets in man coverage and he jams you at the line of scrimmage, yeah. like I said, he's a top five corner in this game. But um, he's not that well. When when it comes to zone, Marcus Peters, don't get me wrong, he's not bad, but he's definitely nowhere as good as he is in man coverage. Yeah. The thing about Tre'Davious White is he's so good in man coverage that we talk about this guy. Like when you look at three years ago and the corners that were coming into this league. We're like, we know how good Jalen Ramsey is. I know how good Stephon Gilmore is. I'm looking at all these guys below. I'm looking at Tredavious White. I'm looking at Marlon Humphrey, Byron Jones, Marshawn Lattimore. I'm looking at all these guys. I'm like, these. we're going to have so many good corners in the league. Some of those guys have panned out. Some haven't. Tredavious White is a guy that's panned out, and he's very, very versatile. That's yeah. what he does best. Yeah. He's long. Yeah. He's another, he's another one of uh, those corners I always look at or like even like – Watching him, you could tell he does a lot of mental reps as well as his actual like physical reps. He is because he studies before he there. reacts. He yeah. like definitely has a switch, but like he will watch you and he's like, "All right, the tendencies of you are doing this. Okay, but I'm gonna just go ahead and cut you off here." Mm-hmm. All right, like he's definitely one of those yeah. elite for sure. I would agree, and and that's the thing about about Tre'Davious White. And I'll talk about another guy that probably should have been on a mention on my list: Richard Sherman. It's another guy. Now, granted, if I had Richard Sherman on my team, I probably wouldn't play him at corner as much. Uh-uh. Physically, he's not there. Now, the thing is, Richard Sherman mentally is still a top ten corner in this game. Oh, no yeah, doubt for about sure, it. Without a doubt. Now, if I'm if I'm looking and I'm now, Quandre Diggs is very good at the safety spot in Seattle. Mm-hmm. If I have a boom boom safety playing strong, like if I'm like I don't know who the Washington football team have playing free safety, but if I've got a guy that's going to lay the wood playing strong safety for me, mm-hmm. if I've got my in-the-box, like basically my middle linebacker that's playing strong safety, mm-hmm. I will take Richard Sherman and put him at free safety. Yeah. I think he has the coverage skills I mean, he's to be six back there. fucking four. Yeah, he's 6'4". He's, like, like I said, he's mentally still here. Yeah. He has the IQ. He still has that ball hawking skill. It's just his feet can't keep up. He's not as athletically gifted as he once was. He is 32, 33 years yeah. old now. So, And that's the thing for Tredavious White going forward. You get to that 33, 34, he has a chance to extend his career because if you can play zone coverage and you can bump back to free safety when you hit the 34, 35, you can get another two years out of your career. Right. I think it's a lot of – 
a lot of zone corners can do that. I think you have the ability. Kendall Fuller's been able to flex back to free safety mm-hmm. a lot uh, in Washington before William Jackson got there. So I'm kind of excited to see what, what Buffalo does with Tredavious White going forward because they've always had a good safety tandem. Oh, usually. yeah, that's, that. that's, that's true. Micah Hyde and, J- uh, and Jordan, Jordan Poyer, Poyer. Yeah. are always very, very good, and both of those guys are starting to age. Now, Tredavious White's got a lot of years left oh, yeah. on this list, oh, at yeah. least three to four years where he's going to be in this conversation. Yeah. And I'm hoping he can try to break into that top four grouping uh, going forward. Uh, now you get to the big hitters here. Tredavious White is right there on the edge. Xavier Howard's right there on the edge. James Bradbury's right there on the edge. These are your top four. Um, if you want to put Xavier Howard into the four spot and bump one of these first two guys out, I'd be okay with it. But honestly, like if you're making a list from last year going into this year or whatever your list is, it should probably be these four guys and Xavier Howard in some type of order. Yeah. I don't think Tredavious White can top any of these four guys, and I don't think I don't think I could put James Bradbury over any of these four guys either. Um, so my four spot, the second New England Patriot on our list. I'm gonna put Stephon Gilmore at four. Yeah. Um, my man. Two old, years ago, old. he was the top corner in the game. He he, he did snatch the crown from Jalen Ramsey for a year. Yeah. Credit where credit is due. Age is starting to get to him a little He's bit. Old, bro. He had a down <laughs> year in 2020. I like I said, I think the coverage still skills are still extremely there. The thing that has always confused me about Stephon Gilmore. I've never understood this, is when he left Buffalo, he played in Buffalo before he got to New England. When he left Buffalo, when the last season in his entire career in Buffalo, he was cheeks. Like, Stephon Gilmore was not he good was, as a Buffalo care. Bill. He was horrible. He was trash. So much so that when he left Buffalo and went to division rival, went to the New England Patriots, there was a news station in Buffalo that was like, and for all Patriots fans that are excited to get a new corner in Stephon Gilmore, let me give you a glimpse of what you'll be seeing every Sunday night and occasionally on Monday and Thursdays. And then rolled like a two-minute clip of Stephon Gilmore getting absolutely fucking toasted like by any receiver under the sun. Yeah, it was I'm talking bad. top ten. I'm talking seventh-round you know, seventh picks. I'm anybody. Yeah, Stephon yeah. Gilmore was getting worked. And then two years into New England in Bill Belichick's set, he's a top five corner in the third year. He's the best corner in the game. And I'm like, where the hell did this come from? Yeah, I'm like, no, I, I don't understand. Like, being a Patriots fan and actually seeing that, like, development over time has been like, what the fuck? Because I remember, <laughs> I remember <laughs> like, getting him and I was just like, Bill. Like, what are we doing? Again, like, I know I've questioned you a lot and I understand, you know what I'm saying? You're definitely recognized for greatness, but like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, there's so many different opportunities, and you get this guy. We we're taking then, yeah. Then he came. He started developing. He started braiding his dreads up. He started changing. You know what I'm saying? Most culture change. Yeah, boy. my boy got teed up. Went to Boston. Got teed up. But yeah, no, nah, shout out to him for sure. He's. I think the the biggest issue now, and I told my. Uh, I was telling my stepdad about this earlier when the draft was going on. I, there was a time, because, like, last year he had a down season, but he's getting mm-hmm. old. He's about yeah. to be 30. So I was like, bro, look, I wouldn't be surprised if he were to get traded this year. So for the draft, I wish we would have traded up with Dallas so we would got the ninth or 10th pick. 10th, yeah. Uh, and we would have put up Justin Fields instead of picking up Mac Jones. Not that it was a bad fit, just with, I think, systematically where Bill's mind was at before he got Mac Jones, 
that's what would have been a way better option. You're taking literally probably the next thing we're going to get to Cam Newton and Justin Fields. Yeah, Strong I think arm, the very the, nice, nice on his feet. The transition from Cam Newton to yeah. Justin Fields, I think, is definitely more natural. But yeah. I do think that a transition but, from Tom so, Brady to Mac Jones is also exactly. More, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah, but it was I, a year late. Yeah, I've had Cam for a year now. Yeah, so it was just like, mm, but I. I don't know. I I wanted to see that trade happen, but now that we're continuing and we've you know he's I've seen what he's been able to do in the you know the preseason and everything. I'm just like maybe he'll break out again because he's playing really physical. Yeah, he didn't really play too physical last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really think too many people wanted to because COVID. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely a lot more hands on. So we'll see how this concurs over yeah. the, rest of the season. But I like I like Gilmore. Where he's at. Yeah, I like Gilmore a lot. Like I said, I just I have a lot of love for the three spot, and I know I, I know I've got a couple buddies that are gonna just be mad because they knew I put Mar I put I put the guy at three because I wanted to put him at three. Um, but let me give you a quick recap of where we're at: uh, Bryce Callahan at ten, Denzel Ward at nine, Marcus Peters at eight, Xavier Howard at seven, James Bradbury at six, Tre'Davious White at five, Stephon Gilmore rounds out our four spot, and moving into three. A guy I know very, very well, a guy I love watching play. I'm going to put Marlon Humphrey in my three spot. Yes, sir. Now, let me tell you why I believe Marlon Humphrey is here. I would love to put Marlon Humphrey above Jerry Alexander. It just doesn't work. No. Um, Marlon Humphrey, coming out of his rookie year, had a great year on the outside. I was like, wow, we may have got something special. This kid is not a lot of highlight plays, but like I said, corner playing the corner spot is not a highlight. It's not a stat-stuffing position. It's a... How well can you hold your guy? Like, you have to look at the receiver's stats to really know how good of a corner you are, more than looking at your own. Marlon Humphrey had a great rookie year. Year two, he gotten even better. And I'm like, next year, this guy's a top 10 corner. I don't have any doubt in my mind. Uh, we moved him to the slot for the next year. He had a down year. Obviously, your change. That's as much of a small change that is, it's a huge change. Yeah, like, bro. it's a completely different style, uh, style of receiver you have to guard, it's a completely different way you have to cover them. Different schematically fit yeah. differently, like, and he's not, such a it's a he's yeah. a bigger corner. He's, he's six huge. two. He's a physical guy. He's huge, bro. Yeah, so <laughs> he's huge, moved bro. him to the slot. He played well. You know, year four last year played in the slot again. Did well, or not last year? The year before, fifth year option year comes around. Fifth year, we're moving back to the outside with Marcus Peters. Now, I remember exactly why I thought this guy was a top five corner in the game at one point. Um, the reason that Marlon Humphrey falls this high on my list is because I know that if Baltimore slides him back into the slot for a year or for a game or whatever it is, he's I know gonna be that a he, he's going to be a top five slot corner in the game. I move him back out to the outside. I know he's a top five outside, outside corner in the game yeah. or top six, at least if you want to put, you know, somebody else up there, Marlon Humphrey can do it all. And another thing that he's added to his game this last year, Marlon Humphrey had nine forced fumbles. You remember Peanut Tillman out in Chicago? Everybody loved Peanut mm-hmm. Tillman watching him punch the ball out. Marlon has uh, his his um, he got in his bag with yeah that. his Twitter <laughs> handle before he changed it was Fruit Punch Fruit Punch Twenty Nine when he was at Alabama. Yep, and he's brought that nickname back to life in Baltimore. He's had the nine force fumbles last year. He makes plays, man. Marlon Humphrey is the Swiss Army knife 
He can pick you off. Yeah. I could put him on the outside. I could put him on the inside. He can force fumbles. He'll hit you hard. Doesn't matter. Marlon Humphrey can do it. Yeah. Like, he is he is that guy to me. Honestly, he's big enough to be a linebacker if he wanted to. He be. if if we wanted to move him into a coverage style middle yeah. linebacker, he really could if he no, wanted like, to. No, like for real. Like, he's, he's got forty fours repping. He's can wear that at middle linebacker too. Yeah. We're chilling. Not even need a jersey change. Nope. So Marlon Humphrey is at my three spot. And as much as I'd love to put him above this guy, I can't. Jerry Alexander comes in at the two spot. Yeah, that man's insane. Jerry Alexander is unbelievably good. And uh, so good even that Pro Football Focus put them put him at their number one spot yeah. for the corner going into this year. Yeah. Um I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take him over the guy we have at one, but uh Alexander is just yeah, something else. Me, yeah. Here, here's your stat for Jay Alexander. Yeah, now, when you want to talk about the 2020 season by itself, he probably was the best corner. Yeah. But you look at this. Jay Alexander in 2020 was even more stingy in coverage than he has been in his young career so far, allowing just 353 receiving yards for the entire season. Yeah. 16 games while in coverage, he allowed 353 yards on him. That's it. Calvin Johnson's single game receiving record is like 311, if not more. So for this guy to go, and and that's oh by the way, when I say all season 16 games, I mean 18. That's 353, including the two postseason games they yeah, played. That's just insane. He had an absolute insane year. Logged nearly 600 coverage snaps, um, and his WAR was sitting at 1.4 wins above replacement. Uh, which is a full half win more than any other corner last year. Yeah. When you're talking 2020, Jay Alexander was that guy. Yeah, he's um, he's insane. They he's uh, fucking insane. He he's <laughs> good by himself. Do not get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. Jay Alexander is that guy. I do think it helps. Now, when you look at look at these top three. Now, here's your spoiler alert. Jalen Ramsey's one. Oh no. So when I look at my top three corners, I have Jalen Ramsey, I have Jay Alexander, I have Marlon Humphrey. Look at the defenses around these guys. Yeah, it helps when you have other superstars yeah. and you have schemed, and you can even bump this down to Gilmore at four. Yeah, when you have a good defense around you, it's a lot easier to succeed as a corner. Yeah, but that's the problem. I'd say that's what makes Dyer so good because, like, corner wise. Obviously, he's had Honcho. Even mm. secondary, like safety wise, I mean, he could, if he really wanted to, he could play free. He's just that elusive. But I think that's what makes him so good as well. Like, on the other side of the ball is Chris King. He's 6'3 and he's getting cooked. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, he's not trash by no means. Kevin King? Or I said Chris Ke- King. Yeah, Kevin King. Kevin yeah. King, yeah. And he's getting cooked. I mean, you're not expecting that from such a big ass corner. You know what I'm saying? He's so fast for being 6'3, so, too. Yeah, but he's, insane. he's getting cooked. Yeah, it's true. Like, so the, with that being said, they do definitely overall schematically have a great defense. But it's yeah. like, bro, he's definitely like setting off that that extra oomph you're looking for when you're just looking for a, a lockdown corner or a specific position. Yeah, like I look at I look at Stephon Gilmore. I have Bill Belichick is the greatest defensive head coach of all time. I know my defense is going to be. They may not have a superstar. I, my second best player may be Matt Judon, and as good as Judon is, he's not a great second option, I think, yeah. for a full defense. But with Bill Belichick, anything's possible when it comes to defense. Yeah. Um, look at uh, Marlon Humphrey. 
Baltimore has had a perennial top 10 defense since they came into existence in 96. They're usually a top five contender. This is a team that the standard to meet is Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Yep. It's a high standard to meet, but if you shoot for those guys and you fall short, you're still doing pretty damn good for yourself. Yep. You look at Jerry Alexander. I have I have Zadarius Smith. I have Kenny Clark. I have Preston Smith. I have Adrian Amos at safety. They have a lot of good edge rushers, and he's got corner. He's got safety off over the top. Adrian Amos is extremely underrated so playing the free safety spot. Good. And like I said, when you have that three headed monster of a pass rush with Zadarius Preston and Kenny Clark in the middle, you have those guys that could bend the edge, force your quarterback up into the pocket. Kenny Clark's coming right through that double yeah. team at center and guard, and he's going to eat your quarterback alive. And if not, he's throwing a duck out of the middle of the field and I guarantee you somebody in yellow and green is going to come down with it. Um, and then on to Jalen Ramsey. I still have him as my one guy. As good of a season as Jay Alexander had, I think Jalen Ramsey is still the king when it comes to corners. I, I talked about Bryce Callahan. I talked about Marlon Humphrey and the versatility to be able to play slot and outside at a high level. Jalen Ramsey can line up at the slot and handle anybody. He can line up on the outside, left side or right side, and handle yeah. anybody. Honestly, you slide him into the box against Travis Kelsey. I think he's holding his own pretty decently. Yeah. Is there certain times he's going to get beat? Yes. I it's mean, Travis it's, Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. But he's holding very his own. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's holding it's his own competition. against I'm not getting cooked. I'm a top two corner in the in, in the game. Ain't no corner fades. Ain't yeah. no goddamn no post over the middle. He's big enough to hold his own against taller, larger receivers and tight yeah. ends. He's fast enough to hold himself up against speedsters. He can move himself into the slot and still – just absolutely man coverage there is no corner better right now than Jalen ramsey as good as jerry alexander is there is a different level when you're lined up against number five in blue and yellow he does things at a different level and there's just no comparison that i can really put to it to try to tell you how good he is i i can't throw his name up against a darrell revis or anything i don't think he's reached that level but he is the best thing. He, he's creeping. He's creeping, he's but creeping. come on now. Like that, that is a that is He's not Revis Island yet. No. He's, he's, he's Ramsey Island isn't a thing yet. No. Now granted, I really feel like it should be. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. But it's not yet. Yeah. So So that's our top ten list for corners. To recap, um Bryce Callahan at ten, Denzel Ward and Marcus Peters at nine and eight, Xavier Howard at seven, James Bradbury at six. Tredavious White at five, Stephon Gilmore and Marlon Humphrey at four and three, Jay Alexander at two, and Jalen Ramsey is still Kingpin. King of the Hill yes, sir. when it comes to the corners. So he's him. That's gonna do it for today's bonus. Yes, sir. Thank you, Sam, for joining me for corners. I'm I'm just glad to be here. Yeah, we're gonna be back. I mean, we've got safety right still back. to do. Um, yeah, that's definitely I mean, that's gonna be not I'm excited. Yeah, no. I'm excited regardless. I would have loved to do it all at once, but we got to keep we it. Gotta split it. Yeah. We got to make sure everybody can going. digest everything at yeah. once. Because yeah. it would have just been like overkill. It would have been like two much. hours almost to do the safeties at that point. Yeah. So we're going to wrap it up there. Make sure I'll keep it locked. We got safeties on the way. That's going to wrap it. The safeties will wrap up our top 10 uh, positions. And then we're getting into division, division predictions, yes, which I am extremely excited to do. So. Keep it locked in. Thanks for listening. We'll see y'all next time.